Cox Blocks Porn. This is TFT Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here. This is TFG Unbuttoned, the Tuesday podcast from the Focus Group. I'm Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. TFG Unbuttoned is brought to you by our friends at Critics' Choice Video. We thank them for being with us since the start. Head over to focusgroupradio.com to learn more about John and myself and our Wednesday show, which is The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. How are you, Mr. Nash? Well, I had to pull way back from the mic when you did the opener because I actually began laughing, and we know the secret to doing good audio is to pull back from the mic when you, when you laugh. Well, that's doing... Governor Cox. Governor Cox <laughs> is going to block Cox blocks porn. It's a, that's the governor of Utah is going to block porn. We'll get into that story in a second, but that's I and, thought it was a good opening, maybe, huh? It was fantastic opening, and she sells seashells by the seashore. <laughs> so um, we're into spring, and before we get going, um, you and I had talked earlier in the day about this uh, accident out in Iowa. It was a uh, men's crew, t- or they were rowing a rowing team was uh, a crew. They were doing a crew. They were doing a lake uh, practice on Little Wall Lake in, in Iowa. The boat capsized. One student sadly passed away they called off the search three were rescued and one was missing and they did find sadly the second uh student who is has has passed away as well but the thing about this story i mean it's tragic and what i'm curious about though is you have never told me about this happening on the river i mean i've heard rainstorms and all sorts of things but this is not a usual thing right yeah no i i'd gone to read the story after you mentioned it and uh, you're right it's not a uh it's not a common occurrence. And uh, one of the things when I first started rowing, one of the first things you had to do is prove that you could swim and you had to sign a waiver that you could swim. And even in uh, every sort of regatta uh, and in most most schools, I I shouldn't say most, in all schools, the equipment has uh, on the heel, so you you put your feet in when you're rowing a boat, the the, the shoes are are affixed to the bottom of the boat, but the heels have a strap or a, a tie to them so that if the boat did flip or you were sinking, you could pull your heel out and it releases it so you, you wouldn't drown. And so I'm kind of surprised um, that uh, the people were not able to get out of the water. And I'm just wondering whether this safety equipment was up to snuff or not, because uh, they should have been able to get out of the water because the boat would not sink that quick. So I'm a little bit. Uh, Surprise. And when I read the story, it, it, there, was, there were not a lot of details, so it certainly was a tragic accident. So I'm wondering about two data points. Uh, the wind was blowing at 20 to 25 miles an hour from the northwest. And up until three weeks ago, which is only 15 days or, or 21 days, the lake was frozen. Um, the temperature outside was 37. So could it be that the shock of flipping over, like somehow the boat capsized and maybe in that shock of the cold water, who's going to, who knows, right? I'm not going to be a scientist, but it, it, you have never in all the years of your, uh, of rowing, I have never heard of an accident like this from you. Yeah. Um, it would be very so, difficult for a boat of four to flip over. Mm. It would be very difficult. And so there were four people rowing and a coxswain. It would be very difficult to flip over uh, unless it was a very, very severe storm. I didn't get that impression it was a severe storm. It could no, be swamped yeah, and it could sink. Yeah. And that's dangerous as well. But if the if the safety equipment was up to snuff, you should have been able to swim 
swim out to safety. But uh, I can't second guess because I don't know exactly what happened and they haven't said exactly what happened yet. But no, they're certainly anyways, a tragic accident. You know? it, it, I didn't want to, I didn't want to like, but it was just one of those things. I'm just sad to read about it. I know there'll be an investigation, but I thought you would put some light on it because yeah. you are a sportsman. So what do we have this week? So it's the um, so we opened up with the I thought it was uh, clever. I guess I could write for the New York Post. The um, <laughs> headless body, topless bar. <laughs> right. So the Utah Utah governor's name is Spencer Cox, and uh, I don't know how he's going to uh, implement this. But the headline was Utah governor signs divisive measure to require porn filters. Both you and I found this story. So it says Utah is a step closer to requiring all cell phones and tablets sold in this conservative state to automatically block pornography after the Republican governor signed legislation last Tuesday that critics call a significant intrusion of free speech. Governor Cox has said that the measure would send an important message about preventing children from accessing, uh, accessing explicit online content. Now, nobody disagrees with that. Children should not be able to um, be able to find or, or, or access that explicit content. Nobody disagrees with that, right? But I don't know how you can, how can a state, I mean, does, does the, how are you able to, from a state, um, <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm trying to figure out how to. You're you scratching think, your head about the technology. Of yes. This. Uh, to know that, so, no, it's coming into to Utah unless it's the. Unless it's your zip area code, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great question. And the measure cannot go into effect as written unless five other states enact similar laws. Now, the other thing about the legislation that was intriguing was they didn't say that they had to be contiguous, meaning they're all like touching Utah or around it. But you, you, your um, skepticism and your head scratching on this is well justified because they could possibly figure out a way to have the software identifying IP address that's within these states, but it doesn't always work that way. And um, I just think this was one of these gestures when I read about it and the, who the bill sponsor was, and this is one of these things that Utah routinely pushes through as a, 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 an ability to deny children or young adults the ability to just accidentally find or search for pornography, which I think is an admirable thing, but I don't know how they're ever gonna implement it. And I don't, because it's, it would be like saying, you can use this iPhone in every place but this town right here. And the minute you walk into this town of 300 people, it's going to shut down, which doesn't work that way. I will say, um, I got a, a thing in my inbox the other day. Here's what's going on on Twitter. And, and you know, they show little pictures of tweets, right? right? One of them was a guy laying on the bed, like, you know, totally naked. And I didn't realize that Twitter had a lot of porn. Oh, yes, John. Twitter's the new spot. Where have I been? Yeah, I mean, I'll have to send you a couple of things that pop in now. And, and it and it wasn't and it, I found stuff that wasn't just still imagery. It was practically full on, you know, uh, what is that? Uh, fans only stuff. Oh, whatever. yes. Yes. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> Twitter's Twitter is shockingly. Um, yes. Shockingly. Um, Pornographic. Yeah. yeah. Explicit. Explicit. Better word. Explicit. Yeah. yeah. No, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which essentially owns Utah has um, said that uh, pornography is, they've declared pornography a public health crisis. You know, I, I, that's fine, I guess. I just don't, I just wonder whether these legislatures and the governor, do they have other things to do? 
Well, the important stuff takes too much back and forth and deal making. This is an easy win. Culture war stuff has always been easier to tackle than the real problematic stuff. <laughs> okay. I think that's everywhere. So this is, I, I mean, I'm, I'm probably simplifying it, but he, they, there's no, every, oh, oh, you know, let's stop world hunger. I agree right. with that. Let's pass a bill. And if six other states can say we're going to reduce world hunger, then we're going to do another big, you know. We've got like people that. dying of a virus. We've got potholes and flat tires and mm -hmm. people out of work and people starving. And But I want these five states. If you walk into the state automatically, all the porn's going to vanish off your yeah. tablet, your phone, and your computer. Just we're, like that. Worried about, Oof. I'm worried about Betty Sue's boobs. Anyway. <laughs> That's the next this, one. Yeah, this the second story um, I had pulled because I there were a couple of reasons. I'll read the headline first. So Rachel uh, Levine becomes the first out transgender transgender person to win Senate confirmation. So this has been in the news quite a bit. Uh, she was the Pennsylvania Secretary of Health, uh, Rachel Levine. She uh, has obtained Senate confirmation to become Secretary of of Health, and. I thought this was important because, A, I never thought in our lifetime something like this would happen so quickly for a transgender person, um, particularly for Senate confirmation. And I actually thought it was an important thing to, to mention. Um, now, as usual, there were only two Republicans that supported her confirmation, uh, Senator from Maine, uh, Collins, and Senator from uh, Murkowski from Alaska. But I think if no matter who was put up, I think we would have had the same the same people. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was because, because she was transgender, but I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good, um, I thought it was, it said something good about, uh, about the LGBTQ civil rights and, uh, all we've been fighting for. And I and thought it was also right. And I also thought it was nice that, uh, that, uh, she also thanked uh, the community and said, I'm here because of all the people that have come before and fought for so long. I thought she acknowledged that when she accepted the, uh, when she was confirmed, I thought was uh, was quite cool. I I took umbrage at uh, a couple little things in here, not about her and not about this historic uh, confirmation. And uh, thank you, President Biden, for putting her up for the position. Right? I mean, that it starts there. It was that paragraph that reads as follows. The vote on the U.S. Senate floor, which despite its significance, took place with little fanfare after senators largely discussed issues other than Levine serving as president, as assistant secretary of health. And the vote was along party lines, 52 to 48. Um, Chuck Schumer, one exception to the absence of discussion of Levine, Levine as, uh, was Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer, who noted the historic implications of the vote as the start of the morning, at the start of the morning of the Senate. So that part kind of interested me that they basically were all sitting around talking about something else. She's at the table, right? And she's supposed to answer questions or whatever. And they, they basically maybe asked her something and they voted along party lines, plus the Murkowski and Collins. That was that. So it's almost as if half the chamber cared and half didn't. Do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah. Typical, right? Yeah. I don't mean to like, but it just one of that paragraph was like, you would think that there's such they're so rabid about everything else that you would have thought they would have come bearing, barreling down, but they treated it like, mm, you know, whatever, we'll approve it. We'll rubber stamp it. It's a cabinet approval. I don't mean to denigrate this at all, but the way the Republicans acted by not even having a discussion. All right, whatever. Right. <laughs> and, and out of no disrespect, I've heard her name pronounced two different ways, Levine and Levine. Levine, so, I have too. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not, um, I don't want, you know, in, in case you want to correct us, which people like to do. Um, I've heard it two different ways, so 
And she hails from Pennsylvania. Right. And 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 <laughs> and actually has um has won Senate approval in this in the Republican controlled um Senate in Pennsylvania twice. So I'm um, good for her. Um she's smart, yeah, it's a very good thing. Yeah, she's a smart person and uh and uh look forward to uh seeing seeing what work she does in uh in the US government. The third story I laughed at a little bit. You had found this one. The headline <laughs> A childish thing to do. Man's final paycheck paid out with 90,000 greasy pennies. So a Georgia man said his former employer owed him a pretty penny, $915 to be exact, after leaving his job in November. So the guy's name, Andreas Flatten, said that he was shocked when his final payment of 90,000 pennies showed up at the end of his driveway. And they were covered with some sort of oil or grease. And... um. So he he was owed the money. He had complained uh, to the uh, Department of Labor, Georgia Department of Labor, because he hadn't been paid, getting difficulty to get his last paycheck from Peachtree City's AOK Walker Auto Works. So that's a mouthful for a company name, right? So my, right. So the owner of the shop, Miles Walker, um, said that uh, he decided to, that uh, to drop off the pennies at his house, and um, and then called him a weenie. Which, uh, mm-hmm. but so the pennies were there, and so the the one thing for me, I had had a bet with somebody, you know, or Kathy. I lost a bet; it was a hundred dollar bet, and I tried to go to the bank and get pennies. I couldn't get a hundred dollars worth of pennies. It's hard to get that much change. You have to be there. Are yeah, it's just hard to get rolls so, of that. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how you got nine hundred and fifteen dollars worth of pennies. So I ended up getting nickels for Kathy. Mm. I gave her nickels, <laughs> and then she made her husband Rick go out and turn them in. But um, but so I was wondering, A, how he got the pennies, but what a mess. And it said they took him hours to try to just clean off a few of them. Well, he says the the guy that got paid, um, his nightly routine consists of cleaning the pennies so you can cash them in. It takes about an hour for him to clean off several hundred. He got really angry at first, but eventually he and the, his girlfriend, Olivia, they finally just laughed one night and they thought, my God, you know. How much effort did it take this guy to go out and get 90,000 pennies to pay me what he owed me? Must be really crazy. So now they just think it's kind of funny. And he's as he's going through the pennies, he's claiming he's we're bound to find a few treasures. Now, he found a penny from 1937, but I'm sure if he keeps looking, who knows? Maybe something will show up that's going to be worth more than a penny. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So he's making he's making. uh, Yeah, he's making you know light of it in that ha 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 maybe the jokes on him i wish he would find something worth a lot of money because then it would uh, serve that walker guy walker guy well but i thought it was um have you ever felt like doing that to somebody going in and paying and and a bunch of pennies or something i literally saw another article today about some guy who paid a speeding ticket in pennies you know, and, and you could do it. It's legal tender. And it, well, I forget where the municipality was, but he came in with, it was like a wheelbarrow of pennies. And he's like, this is for the speeding ticket. And they're like, no, you can't do that. And he's like, yeah, I can. This is money. Here, take the money. And he dumped it and left. <laughs> could you know, I was wondering if you were allowed to do that. Yeah. It's legal tender. Because there was a, there, well, I, I guess maybe you are. I, you can't buy big things though with cash. Like you can't go to a car dealer with $30,000 and buy a car. Did you know that? I did not know that. And, and what if you did want to pay cash? Is there a way to do it where well, you I don't know how, deposit they, the money? And There's something about over $10,000. They think it's they want to make sure it's not drug money or something. 
Because I remember it was a big issue when I worked in the auto industry. Anything over, like, if you had more than 10000 in cash on something, there was a problem. I just typed in, can you pay cash for a car at a dealership? And it seems like you can, but not the way you're thinking. <laughs> it has to be a cashier's check, which yeah. is the equivalent of cash, right? But that means the money's sitting in a bank somewhere, and they said, okay, we're, this is sequestered. We're going to write a cashier's check, which automatically means that the check represents that cash and it's, it's technically out of the account, but you, I don't, think I can't go in there with a lot of hundreds. No, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. So if I robbed a bank, I guess you can't do it. But if I had robbed the bank, put the money in the bank, I have a check read cash. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't go into my, with my singles or my twos from dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. So there you go. Right. Yeah. So, well, another, uh, another fun week here on bud. We had a whole host of funny little, technical problems this morning everything you know all this zooming and everybody being out of the office and all this other stuff we're doing it's all great until it doesn't work and then you can't figure out why and then you turn everything off and like two hours later it works and you're like hmm well this may have been a record how many times do you think we tried this must have been over 20 times Did uh, we, try we to tried, record this we tried to record this show about 10 and then we switched to trying to record something else and then we're like you know and you're like now we gotta stop this and i'll tell you it wasn't i don't think it was on your end i'm not sure it was on my end but some gremlin was somewhere and everything just shut down for a while we both did something else and boom we're all set so everybody we want to thank you for uh, joining us here on unbuttoned every week each and every week and by the way as tim said at the start of the show uh, focus group, the focus group is our Wednesday broadcast. It goes live from one to 2 PM Eastern standard time on YouTube and Facebook live. And of course, focusgroupradio.com is our website. We just updated all the platforms we're available on, on the right hand side. And our partners are down there and, and that's for T, uh, TFGM button, which we call this podcast. That would be critics choice video. So we want to thank you for joining us. Thank our partners by checking them out and check out the Focus Group on Wednesdays and stay safe, mask up, and we'll see you next week. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.